All right, you ready to go to your Bibles? Let's go to Luke chapter 2. If you could head over there. Head, uh, let's see, head, head east there because uh, that's probably in your Bible where you'll find uh, Luke chapter 2. I want to read you the Christmas story and something that I like to do every year is I like to, in our family, we have a tradition where we like to read the Christmas story and I feel like that's so important. Everybody has a Christmas tradition. Uh, some people it's to cook their favorite meal, uh, maybe it's roast beef, you know, on Christmas. We tried one year, as you're going to Luke chapter 2, to, to try a new tradition. So I don't know whose idea this was, sweetheart, but what, somewhat, huh? It was Brenda's idea to, to mess with our Christmas tradition of what you eat as far as food. So I'm just going to say this, and those of you that are watching, she decided to, like, I don't know, burn, a, burn it, because it was like, about set everything on fire, but we decided, and she doesn't mind, it, 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 we, we, we ate this nasty thing called goose. Anybody ever ate a goose? It is foul, and so this is like bad stuff. No, I want to see their hands. Anybody ever ate a goose? You know, they said you cooked your goose. I mean, don't, let me just stay away from it. it it's, it's, it's nasty stuff, and so, I mean, I'd rather eat a sparrow than that thing, but, um, but anyway... We decided to trade, uh, you know, trade out tradition, and I'm glad we're not going back to that again, are we, Brenda? So everybody has their traditions, but one of the things we like to do is read the Christmas story. So I want to read that, and then I want to talk to you about a message called the Unchanged Christmas Message. Let's begin. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And the taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. He was to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. By the way, we do also have child care if you, if you might want to need that as well. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you today. We thank you for this message, the unchanged Christmas message. I pray, Lord, that it would be spoken with authority, with power, with truth. 
And Lord, let people see things that they've never saw before because of the spirit of revelation and the spirit of truth that comes by the spirit of God. And so Lord, I ask you for your anointing upon this word now in the name of Jesus. Now, while you're there in your Bible, I want you to go over to the book of Matthew. Because as we get ready to talk about this unchanged Christmas message, there's something that happened in Matthew chapter 2 that oftentimes when people have their manger scenes and things, I get it, you know, you have the shepherds there, you have the sheep and the camels and so on, and then the wise men are brought in. How many of you know there's wise men? Uh, their names were, people often think that they were, you know, three wise men because of their names, gold, frank, and myrrh. But there, are you here today? But there was actually more uh, than just three wise men. There was a whole magi. I mean, there was, there was a multitude of these wise men that had come from the east. But notice in Matthew chapter 2, there was a message, and Jesus must have been a little older because in Luke chapter 2, he's referred to or called the child who was lying in a manger. Okay, he was a baby born in a manger in swaddling clothes. But then now some time had come because in Matthew chapter 2, he's called a child. And he was not in the manger, but he was actually in their house. And so the Magi come, but that's not the focus of what I want to say. What I want to talk about is the fact that something appeared and it was a message that was attached to it. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, verse 1, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over. Now watch this. didn't say baby, where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him, and opened their treasures, presenting unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now I want to draw your attention, because notice the star was not only the focus, obviously Jesus was the focus, but the star was something that God used to share his message. And I'm, we've had a lot of people you know, ask us, our ministry, they've been contacting us, calling us, because how many of you know that tomorrow... There is going to be what they call the Christmas star that is supposed to be appearing. And they say that you can look to the southwest hemisphere of the United States. I'm not sure. Maybe you're watching around the world. But if you take about an hour to two hours after sunset and look to the southwest part, Saturn and Jupiter are going to align and form what we often see on Christmas cards, postcards, in, in the Christmas stories of this star. And uh, what's amazing about this is a lot of people are saying that this is the exact star that appeared with what I just read to you, and it appeared 1,200 years ago, but recently as 400 years ago when the Mayflower uh, was coming, and they, the first pilgrims, were here to dedicate this nation to God. They used that star to guide them, and also as a witness of God's blessing upon the land that they were about to come to. So I believe that this unchanged Christmas message to start with, that God is once again saying to us, and especially to this nation, that God has not forsaken us at this time, nor has he released his hand of blessing. 
And so I believe that it means that there is something. Notice how the star that I just read to you came over to where the focus was upon Jesus. So much that they began to open their treasures. They began to open their hearts. And I believe that something that God is saying to us at this time is there will be a sign in the heavens. How many of you know the scripture says that? There will be actually wonders in the heaven and signs upon the earth below. And I believe that it is a sign of the great awakening and visitation and focus of Jesus Christ that is coming once again. And so as I was preparing this week, I, was, I like to get up. I don't know about you, uh, but I like to pray anywhere between 2 in the morning to 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning. I love to get up and pray at those times because, you know, the dogs are quiet. Everything is quiet, and I can just focus on God. I can hear his voice. I can pray. And, and so I decided to get in my massage chair that I had that y'all bought when I was like 50 years of age. And how um, oh, you may remember that wasn't too long ago, but anyway... And I was getting a massage and I was praying and I said, Lord, I don't even have my Christmas message yet. And so, Lord, what would you say to me? I don't even have, have a Christmas message. And he said to me, it was so funny, he said, really? And I was shocked by his response. I thought, God, I don't have a Christmas message. And he said, really? He said, my message has not, my message has not changed. Then it dawned on me, the unchanged Christmas message. So I want us to look at what this unchanged Christmas message is and how it has not changed over the last 2,000 years. And there is a message to us no matter what we're going through. And what's amazing about this star, if I could back up for just a moment before I show you the next scripture, and it is this. When the star appeared in the days of Jesus, and when the stars even appeared 1,200 years ago, there was a lot of the same things that was going on in the earth. For example, in the days of Jesus, there was a lot of darkness. It was a very dark time in earth's history. There was a lot of chaos and unrest. In fact, here's another one. There was a lot of political unrest. But how many understand the star appeared, light came at the time of darkness, chaos, and political unrest, and there was a visitation of God himself. Amen. And I believe that's what it means again. Now look at Luke chapter 2. I want you to see in verse 13 and 14, because this is the unchanged message that those angels came that day and began to announce and to declare it out of the heavens to the shepherds that were there below. Notice the message, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, and they were praising God. Now here's their message, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest. Watch this now. On earth, peace and goodwill towards men. There, my friends, and those of you that are watching, is the unchanged Christmas message. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Now, you might be saying, yeah, but Pastor Hank, don't you understand that over the last thousands and thousands of years, and even currently, and even Jesus prophesied that there would be wars and rumors of wars. How could there be peace on earth? Let me tell you something, friends. That was not the message that the angels were declaring that the earth was just going to be filled with peace, you know, between, you know, no more wars, no more, uh, no more fighting among men. No, rather it was since the day of creation and God breathed into Adam and, and he became life and God put him into the garden of Eden and, 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 and took out of him a rib and created his helpmeet Eve. 
God walked with man and man walked with God. It was a synergy between heaven and earth. The two realms blended perfectly together as God would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. And Adam could see in the spirit. He could hear in the spirit. But yet he could also function in the natural realm. But something happened when they listened to the devil that lied about God and deceived them. They ate of the forbidden fruit that God said, of all the trees in the garden you can eat, but of this one do not eat. And at that result, when they ate of that, sin came in to man, and in all man's sin from there, according to the Bible. Because of one man's sin, we've all sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So the angels were heralding, they were singing and declaring and announcing that this injection of this baby, this Christ child, Jesus Christ, would now bring peace on earth. In other words, God's wrath would be satisfied concerning man's sinful state. It would be fulfilled in Jesus our Savior. That's why I, uh, Isaiah 52 verse 14 talks about this baby that was born to die, Jesus. It says in verse 14 of Isaiah uh, 52 that he was marred beyond human recognition. In fact, in the book of Isaiah 52, it says that we, were at, we couldn't even look upon his face. We had to turn our face away. One Hebrew translation literally says that because he was marred, unrecognizable, we didn't even recognize him as a human. We had to turn our face away and watch this and vomit he was so disfigured his face was so beaten up and bloodied and and bruised and, and that that they couldn't even look at him because they, he he had his beard ripped out he was punched in the face he was beat over his head with a rod and 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 declared as a false prophet they put a crown of thorns upon his head they whipped his back with a coat of nine tails with lashes that tore meat and muscle off of his body this savior took the overpayment of our sins and Isaiah 53, it says in verse 5 that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Jesus took, watch this, he took the penalty. He took the chastisement of our peace and it was laid upon him that by his stripes we are healed. You say, preacher, come on, give Jesus a hand clap. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying the peace on earth was to declare that God's wrath concerning man would be satisfied with this bloody sacrifice of his son. doesn't mean that God's satisfied with sin. It means he's satisfied in the sense that now our sinful nature has been paid for and there is access to him and there is forgiveness of all sin. Amen. Now I want you to go back and look at Luke chapter 2. I want you to look at verse 14. Let's look at this heavenly announcement because it's not just that God's wrath is satisfied concerning our sinful nature and concerning that we were uh, separated from God and we needed an advocate. We needed someone who could save us. It's an announcement that I want you to see no matter what you're facing because sometimes when people face things, they tend to try to figure life out by themselves and of themselves. I'll just figure it out. They try to work things to, to their good or, or, or they do things without sometimes including God and they wonder why they struggle or, or, or why it doesn't get any better. When the announcement came from the angels, it was also something that should give every one of us hope in the unchanged Christmas message and here's what it is. Notice it says, glory to God in the highest. Well, where is God? 
He is in the heavens. He is the most high God. There is no one greater, there's no one in, it, ha, that has any greater authority than God himself. That's why he is declared, are you ready, the most high. And so when the angels declared glory to God in the highest, they were declaring this God who lives in the heavens we would now have access to. But watch this. Watch the next phrase that happens. And on earth, peace. Notice it was the blending. Come on, God loves coffee. He loves a good blend. And, and he blended, watch this, heaven and earth together. We see this in the book of Genesis when God made man. He said, let us make man in our likeness. Let us make man in our image. And God, who is a spirit, according to John 4, breathed into the muddy clay figure that looked like a human body, and man became a living soul or a living walking spirit man. And so there was that convergence and that synergy of a blending of heaven and earth. Jesus' first miracle was six water pots that they filled with water to the brim and a supernatural touch of heaven turned it into new wine. Again, it's the blend of heaven and earth. And, and how many know the Bible calls Jesus fully God and fully man? He was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. It was the blend of heaven and of earth. Jesus taught us when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Watch this. On earth as it is where? Heaven, the blend of the two to walk out the will of God. And so when the angels were declaring glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, they were announcing that once again, as it was in the days of creation, and the days of the Garden of Eden, that there is this heavenly blend where now you have access to God and God has access to you. And don't try to live your life and solve your problems without involving heaven. Come on. The angels were working together with man. We need to work together with the angels. Heaven was reaching out to man. Man needs to reach out to God. The problem is we try in our lives, we get so filled with fear when we read the headlines, we watch the news, we talk to people, and we get caught up in fear, we get wigged out. Some of us, we have panic attacks practically because it doesn't look like things are getting better. But I'm here to tell you there is a heavenly pattern, and it's this. If you will do the very first thing that the angels declared, if you will spend your life glorifying, seeking God as number one, putting Him first, Acknowledge it in everything. Come on. Sometimes we make decisions and then check God and see if he's involved with it. We pray prayers with our fingers in our ears. And if we think God's agreeing with it, we take them out. Amen. How many times do we say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Well, that's great. But do you have the blend of heaven backing your decision? Listen, I will move anywhere, anytime, any place to be in the will of God. And to stay in the will of God. I stay here in Omaha, Nebraska because this is where I'm called. Because how can you do that, Pastor Hank? Because I glorify God. See, there's an intimacy that you have to carry in your heart if you want to discover heaven's involvement. God wants to take your natural and make it supernatural. He wants to inject himself. Come on, if you are struggling in your body in the earth with sickness and pain, he wants you to call out to him and, and hold him to his word that says, by Jesus Christ's stripes you've already been healed. What's that? That's heaven coming down and touching your earthen body. 
God doesn't want there to be a separation. The unchanged Christmas message is there is no longer a separation. So come boldly to the throne of grace that you might receive grace and mercy and help in the time of need. God wants to inject himself in our lives. Come on, over our finances, over our marriage, our relationships, our families. Amen. Even mother-in-laws. Glory be to God. God wants to inject himself. A blend of heaven and earth beautifully together. Now you say, well, how do you know? Notice this. Let's look at this. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. The angels announced glory to God in the highest. So the first thing is, I'm telling you, press into God. Be intimate with him. You say, well, how do you be intimate with God? Well, what you need to do is don't be Mr. or Mrs. Formality. I spend time with God and I say things like this. I say, Lord, come close. Come close right here. And I mean, if you looked at me, you might think I'm crazy. You might think I'm weird. But I tell him, I, I, I kiss him. You say, yeah, but you're kissing the air. No, I'm not. I'm kissing his face. Again, glory to God in the highest. It's a matter of, of what you have access and who you know. When I get with God, I say things like, Lord, I don't want to be out of your presence. I don't want to be away from you. I want to be with you. Well, God's always with you. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about don't want to just go rattle off a list and bring intercession and prayer requests there's times for that but God I want to be in your presence and I want questions answered like what's your favorite color God I want to uh, ask you if I could sing a song to you right now what would be the one song that would touch your heart in such a way that it would go into the inner being uh, inner chamber inner rooms of your heart that very few have discovered God take me on a journey into the very places of your heart that very few have got to walk with what is the secret of Enoch that he walked with God and you took him what must I do in my life that I may move into that dimension of intimacy that's what I'm talking about and when you do that you glorify God in the highest now watch the next thing that begins to take place in your life the angel announced it they said glory to God in the highest watch this that's heaven but watch the next thing when you put God first and you seek his face that's why I'm not wigged out about stuff right now on the earth, because I seek God's face. The other night, one morning, I thought, well, it was about two in the morning, I felt intense warfare. And I, and I thought, well, I'm going to get up and pray. And I thought, no, I'm not. I'm going to lay right here, and I'm going to worship God, and I'm going to keep worshiping Him until I fall asleep, because I'm going to glorify God in the highest. Now, watch the next thing that comes. It's why people get wigged out right now. It's why people are overcome with fear. It's why people uh, are quick to call things that are true false, or what God said as false. Because you have not been with God and glorified Him in the highest. Because when God is glorified, the next thing that happens is there is a release, not only of the love of God that will be shed abroad in your hearts, but watch this, the next thing that, that happens is a peace that begins to come. You're not wigged out over the nation. You're not wigged out over what's going on. You're not wigged out over your family. Come on. You're not wigged out over your relatives that are coming for Christmas. You're not wigged out over the, come on, the Christmas wrapping session. It's supposed to be a joyous time and fights break out, right? You're supposed to have Thanksgiving and you're not very thankful about the people that are coming to join in your festivities. But I'm here to tell you, if you will spend more time glorifying God, and spending time honoring him, loving him, welcoming him, the next thing that begins to happen in your life is peace. 
Listen, if marriages would just do that, if they're in strife, if they're in division, what would happen if you just joined your hands or, or couples in relationships, engagements, whatever? If you would just join hands and begin to glorify God and keep God at the center, the next thing that takes place is peace. Peace will come. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Now, here's what I want to show you about peace. This is very important. So Jesus, in Isaiah chapter 9, we sung it here today, notice what has been declared over the birth of this wonderful Savior of ours. It says in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, For a child is born unto us, and a son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called, watch this, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So how many know he's called the what? He's called the Prince of Peace. Now why is this important? I want us to go back to Luke chapter 2. I want us to look at verse 14. Again, what is the unchanged Christmas message? Glory to God in the highest. When you glorify God. Well, pastor, what does it mean to glorify? It means to honor Him, esteem Him, seek Him, love Him, make Him the most important priority in your life. If more sports figures knew this, we, 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 would, we, would, we would have a, a humility that would hit the sports world. And we would start hearing the name Jesus. Okay, when, when, when actors and, and these people winning awards all say, well, I just want to thank God or the man upstairs, get, get out of here. Okay, if you can't say and name the name of Jesus, you have not glorified the God of the highest and in the highest. That's how you know if people are real. Right, you meet people, oh, well, I'm a Christian. Well, well I believe in God. No, 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 no. Do you believe and accept and walk with Jesus? That's the glory of God in the highest. Now, not only is it the blending of two realms, but it's, it's two results that take place. And this is so important for people to understand this, that when you literally surrender your life to God, and the unchanged Christmas message is not just two, you know, realms of, of heaven and earth, but it's two results. The first result is, is glory to God in the highest. You say, well, what does that mean? Glory to God in the highest, it means heaven's involvement, God's involvement, God reaching out towards you. If you prioritize him as number one, I tell you, he will move heaven and earth to be with you, to speak to you, to guide you, to lead you, come on, to bless you. Some people are so unhappy because they're, they're missing out on the, the very first thing, and that is to love God and honor him, make him a priority. People have big dreams, Big goals in life, but you know, a lot of times when I talk with people about their goals, I don't hear, you know, God in it. I don't hear them talk about God. I don't hear them even mentioning a scripture or, or the day that the Lord put that in their heart. And not everything is a, thus saith the Lord in your ear. Sometimes I always say this, God guides you by the obvious. But here's the thing, are you giving glory to God? Are you walking with him? So, so that's the first result. But the second result is, notice, Glory to God in the highest. Now watch what comes. Peace on earth or peace in your life. I want you to look at John chapter 14 and verse 27 as they come and get ready to play. In John 14 verse 27, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. So when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you receive not only the prince of peace, but you receive the force of peace. Nothing missing, 
nothing broken. In other words, it doesn't matter what is going on around you, hell or high water, you won't be shaken. You won't be moved. Come on. You aren't going to allow things to get you upset. You're not going to allow things to bring you in fear. Why? Because I glorified God in the highest in my life. And as a result, he releases peace. Now, I want to share this because there's three types of peace that the angels are talking about. Again, it's not talking about an end of war. It's not talking about because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, don't think that I came to send peace on earth. He said, I came to bring a sword. So people might be saying, well, which one is it? Is it a sword or is it peace? Well, it's both. But God's anger or wrath concerning man's sin and their nature, again, has been satisfied through Jesus Christ. So now we have peace with God. We have access to God. Amen? Nothing missing, nothing broken. It's been completely restored. But yet, the Prince of Peace, God Himself, is available to us when we glorify Him, when we honor Him. So there's three types of peace that's available. And I want you to see this. Number one, peace with God. Some people, they wait until their, their dying hours. You know, I, I, I've been in ministry since 1986 and uh, made, you know, I don't know how many thousands of hospital visitations, home visitations in those days. And people were on their last breath and the relatives would get around, oh, I just want to know that he's at peace with God. Well, why do you want to wait until the last uh, dying breath to be at peace with God? Makes no sense. You could be at peace with God right now. Yeah, but Pastor Rick, you don't know what I've done. Well, look at what Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says. Therefore, being what? Justified. That word justified is just as if I never, ever sinned or did it. It doesn't matter what sin that you've committed. It doesn't matter how bad you've done things. When you have received the Prince of Peace and you glorify God and make Him your Lord and your Savior, it's just as if you never, ever sinned. But notice what happens. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be at peace with God. You need to understand that now you have access to God. You don't have to go through some preacher. You don't have to go through some priest. You don't have to go through some formality. You can just call upon the name of the Lord right now. The second thing is we need peace with ourselves. Some people are not at peace with themselves. They're, they're worked up. They're troubled about a lot of things in life. You know, they, they don't want to go outside. They don't want to fix them out, themselves up, comb their hair, brush their teeth, put makeup on if they're a woman. And, uh, and, and so notice what it says, peace with, with ourselves. We can have peace, when we have peace with God, we'll be at peace with ourselves. But look what Philippians 4 says. Sometimes we get so caught up in what's happening that we don't receive this peace that the angels declared. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Now watch this. And the peace of God, there's the force of peace, which surpasses all of our brain, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So you have three types of peace. You have the peace with God, you have peace with others, uh, with yourself. And now the third one, you have peace with others. Now, sometimes we don't like that one, especially around the holidays, peace with others, right? How many of you like some relatives, you know, you know you're going to have that Christmas gathering and they're going to show up with their RV, right? <laughs> they're going to park it in your driveway. Yeah. And then they're going to let their 10 dogs out and their goat to graze on your property. Right? How many of you, don't raise your hand. How many of you have relatives like that? 
How many of you know somebody like that? No? One time my neighbor, he called me. He was out of town for the winter, and he goes, hey. He goes, Hank, how's my house look? I said, whoa. I said, you got a strange relative. He's got an RV parked in your driveway, and there's a couple goats there grazing on your front lawn. <laughs> really? I said, no, I'm just messing with you. But some of us, we, we got to come to a place with peace with others. You know, come on, you know how it is. You're having that family get-together, and there's always that one that you just pray that this time when they come, they're going to behave themselves. And they aren't going to just say what they shouldn't say. How many of you ever been there before? So my advice is glorify God in the highest. So before they come, you walk through your house. You say, Lord, I glorify you. This house belongs to you. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Then draw a line around your house. Lord, we glorify you. We worship you. We honor you, God. We say that this, this property belongs to God. And then when they show up, you have your bottle of oil. And so as your goofy relatives show up, you got your bottle of oil, and they say, what is that? That's so we can cast the devil out of you, because you ain't bringing that in here. And then here's what you do. It works, it works every time. Two things will happen if you take that approach where you glorify God, you'll have peace, remember? And I tell you, if you show up with that bottle of oil, you're going to see peace in action. You know what's going to happen? Either two things will happen, right? The devils will come out of them. You'll have the most peaceful Christmas and Thanksgiving you ever had. Or the other thing that will happen, those demons will leave and they will too. <laughs> so, peace with other people. Now look at Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 18. If possible. So even Paul was declaring that it's not always easy to be at peace with somebody else. Now if you're married, you, that's a no-brainer. You need to be. But you need to learn the art of the olive branch. And my wife, she always laughs when I say this right, but how many of you ever had an argument with your spouse? You know what Brenda and I have learned after 32 years of marriage? We just send the olive branch. Just give the hand out there. And usually it means, you know what, we're not going to argue about this. We're not going to sit there and decide, you know, who was wrong, why you were wrong. Let's not discuss it. You know, we're just extending the olive branch. And once somebody extends the olive branch, argument over. Right? Well, who does it first? Usually me, but it, it's okay. It, it, it's okay. It's all right. Okay, at least the olive branch, and guys, how many of you know this one? You're laying in bed at night, and the argument is heated. You send the olive branch of that leg over and see if you get any kind of, any kind of movement. If it's quiet over there, just wait till the morning. No communication. Okay, so, are you all here? I feel like it's just me up here preaching all by myself, man. I told you I was going to behave myself this sermon, this message. Next week, though, it'll be a little different. We might, you know, un unbehave. But I want us to go back to the other thing in that Christmas message as I close. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, notice the message. Glory to God in the highest. That's heaven. Watch what happens when you put God first. You glorify Him. You love Him. You seek Him. You want to be with Him. The next thing that happens is the injection of peace in whatever it is that you're facing. But watch this. Goodwill towards men, or, or even better, God's goodness will be extended to you. Amen. Now, some people are, are a little bit, maybe they don't know about God's goodness. Let me just go very quickly. God is a good God. It means he's perfect. He's never done anything wrong. In fact, Jesus calls himself in John chapter 10, verse 11, he calls himself as the good shepherd. But I want you to look at a scripture 
in Psalm 145, verse 7. Because the, the word good is mentioned 655 verses. And, and, and I want you to understand that God is mentioned throughout the Scripture. God is a good God. And, and people sometimes struggle with that side of God. But it says in Psalm 145, verse 7, they celebrate your abundant goodness. Notice what kind of goodness it is? Abundant goodness. I've learned something in my life. Ephesians chapter 3 says, to God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask or think. Come on, when's the last time those of you that are watching even have said to God, God, I want you to wow me today. Or maybe you've got a situation that you're facing. God, I want you to wow me over this. And I expect to see an abundance of your goodness. How many of you have ever done that? It's amazing what you'll see. You will see your blessings go from here to up here. When you acknowledge God and his goodness, there's something about that. And, and I want to show this to you. Go ahead and stand to your feet, the last scripture. In 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 18, how many of you have ever heard, you know, we call the names of God and we use things like Jehovah Jireh. What is Jehovah Jireh? Can somebody shout out? God is our what? Provider. How about Jehovah Nisi? The Lord is our banner. How about Jehovah Rapha? The Lord is our healer. But we never talk about this one. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 18, I want you to put up on the screen, and let's just look at the last part of that scripture. Because there's a key here for us. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, watch this, may the Lord, who is good, pardon everyone. In the Hebrew, the word Lord is actually Jehovah the good. So part of his name is Jehovah the Good. It's not just Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisei. Come on, it's also Jehovah the Good. Because God's nature is good. It means everything God is is good. Everything God says is good. Everything uh, God makes is good. And everything that God does is good. Now, he does have a side of anger, righteous anger for those who, who willingly disobey. But for you who honors him and glorifies him to the highest have rights then to have what's the next thing peace and then what happens once you have peace there will always be some kind of manifestation not just of peace nothing missing nothing broken but there'll be a manifestation of something good something of God coming and invading your life come on if you're in a place where maybe you're in financial worry financial problems if you will begin to glorify God be a giver be a tither be a worshiper and be thankful for the things that God has provided for you. God will begin to flood your life and your financial situation with peace. But here's what's even more amazing. Then it follows up with some kind of manifestation of God's provision, God's intervention. Again, remember? Remember the message? Glory to God in the highest, that's heaven. Peace on earth. There's a, there's, there's a blending of heaven and earth. You get God's peace. And you get God's goodness and intervention. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in the sound of my voice. And we say what the angels declared. We say glory to God in the highest. We glorify you, God. We honor you. We worship you and we honor you. Therefore, we receive your peace. No matter what we're facing, no matter what life looks like, no matter what's being said and played out before us, we choose to receive your peace. And as a result, we declare 
that we shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of our living. I want you just to put your hands on yourself for just a moment and say, Heavenly Father, I glorify you. I honor you. I worship you. I seek you. I make you the highest priority of my life. Therefore, I receive a download of shalom, of peace that floods my soul, floods my life, floods all that concerns me. And I shall see the goodness of you, the Almighty God, over my life, towards my life, towards my family, my finances, my home, my marriage, my occupation, my holiday, my new year. Every day I shall see the goodness of God extended because I glorify you and I walk in your peace. Amen. How many of you like the unchanged Christmas message? Praise God. Well, I want to remind you about Tuesday. Don't forget Flashpoint Wednesday will be uh, our hearts to your home. And then I want you to have a great Christmas. A safe Christmas, a blessed Christmas. Amen. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you tell somebody Merry Christmas? Tell them happy birthday. Listen, they're going to have a birthday in the next year. And tell them we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed.